Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Average Minds. It's been a while, actually two weeks, and I am sorry for the absence, but it's been it's been it's been uh, pretty busy, uh, you know. And everybody understands that because at one point or another through our lives, we all get busy. So we're back here, and we have a really good episode for you guys today. We're talking with uh, Don and Bain, former U.S. Army, uh, former U.S. Marine, and U.S. Army Special Forces soldier, uh, now a uh, contractor. Um, all-around gun guy, freaking, um, he's, he's just an awesome dude. Very, very interesting, fun fun guy to talk to. Um, before we get into that, I'm going to, you know, give a shout-out to our amazing sponsors, and we're going to start with uh, Massive Industries, uh, MASF Industries. That is um, a supplement company, and they are the uh, sole proprietors of the Smashing Greens Juice Fast. That's pretty much how they you know, got really big. Smashing Greens is a nutrient-dense blend of organic superfoods with no fillers. Uh, Smashing Greens were designed to be taken as a daily supplement or as a complete meal replacement. The ingredients were specifically chosen to maximize micronutrients, uh, curb hunger, maximize energy, clear skin, and burn fat. Um, they have improved the, the uh, formula over the years um, all the ingredients have been upgraded and are now USDA certified organic. They refine the entire formula, remove some of the ingredients that have less nutritional value, and increase the ingredients that have higher nutritional value. Uh, they increased the brand prebiotics, probiotics, and digestive enzymes. And uh, the higher quality ingredients have improved solubility and texture. Uh, you can, you know, uh, you can have one Smashing Greens drink a day used as a meal replacement. Uh, they have fasting routines. And, uh, and it's, it's, I, I've, I've done it before. I've done the Smashing Greens Juice Fast and it works. It's difficult. It's definitely challenging, but it's difficult, but, but it definitely works. Um, they also have come up with a, a new product. It's called Clear Performance and that's massive supplements as well. Um, it, it, Clear, Clear Performance is a formula that has, uh, trademarked ingredients that have been clinically shown to noticeably improve and optimize muscle, joint, eye, cognitive health and function. So um, if, optimum, if optimal performance is your goal, then you know you might want to check this out. Uh, you can use it as part of your diet to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels. It may reduce uh, buildup of lactic acid. It can improve exercise performance and recovery. Uh, it helps maintain proper joint function by cushioning and lubricating the joints, promotes visual acuity and depth perception, uh, it may filter and absorb harmful blue light from computer screens and other electronic devices like the cell phone that uh, that I'm reading this description off of right now. Uh, promotes mental clarity and focus. Potentially enhance brain network connectivity and increase neural response and activation. So uh, that's their newest uh, product that they just came out with. Uh, you can purchase all these off of MasterSelfMist.com. They also include um, uh, bundles that, that have... Uh, multiple supplements and you can buy them all at once uh you can have uh if you if you purchase the massive performance savings bundle it comes with uh one smashing greens container uh comes with one clear performance so those are the two uh products that i just mentioned it comes with one massive multivitamin 
uh, one massive gains protein. You can choose which flavor. One massive uh, rush pre-workout. So it's you know pre-workout. Uh, one massive recovery BCAAs container. One ma- one mindset is everything blender bottle. So it's a blender bottle, so you can you know mix your drinks. And one massive power creatine. So and you can buy all that in one in one package. Uh, massive uh, does offer a first responder military discount. Um, 15% off to first responders military. They, uh, it's veteran owned, uh, Mitch Aguiar, uh, former, uh, SEAL and a really good guy. So they, they always do everything they can to support, uh, uh, first responders and military. Uh, great company, great stuff. I use it and I can, all I can say is that it works as long as you, as long as you're consistent with it, it works. Uh, but that's pretty much with anything. All right, so next we have Mighty Blue Mobile Detailing. Uh, it's all in the details. This is an active duty uh, uh, soldier owned and operated. Um, it is a mobile detailing service. So they detail, in, they, they do in, inside and outside detailing for your vehicles. Um, and it's in the Auburn, Alabama area. If you're looking to get your car detailed for to get ready for any kind of event or you just want your car to look nice for the next date or whatever, uh, you should give them a call, especially if you're in the Auburn, Alabama area. So that's Mighty Blue Mobile Detailing. And obviously, I will leave the link and information descriptions for both of these companies uh, in the description below the podcast. So now that we have uh, done all that, the intro is done. Let's get into the podcast. Okay, so we're back. And with Don and Bain, former U.S. Army Green Beret, former action guy, world traveler, sage, advisor, gun fanatic, and all things tactical. Now, <laughs> Mr. Vane, first of all, I want to say thank you very much for coming on to Average Minds. How are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, no, no, the pleasure is all ours. Thank you so much. So uh, all of that, man, that, that's, that's you in a nutshell, okay? Um, I mean, dude, Army Green Beret, so, you know, Special Forces, you know, action guy, you know, world traveler, all these things, man, make up, you know, who you are. And I guess, I guess my question is like, how, how did you get to this point? You know what I mean? Like, how did you get here? Well, you know, um, I don't know, you know, I mean, it's, of course I I know it's just that, you know, ever was, ever since I was a kid, you know, I I always wanted to be a military guy and, uh, my military journey, uh, you know, it was kind of, it was a long one. I did a, I did a full 21 and a half years, but, um, as a kid, I knew I wanted to be in the military. Um, at, at least at first it was just the Marines. I wasn't really looking at the army because I had a couple of cousins that were in Marines. So that's basically what I knew. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what I did. Did Did you like the Marines or like, or how long were you in the Marines for? I'm sorry. And when did you I join? Think, what age did I, you join? I, yeah, I went in the Marines when I was 17 years old, right out of college, uh, high school. Okay. Sorry, didn't make it to college because I was not college material. <laughs> so I went to the Marines. I was 17 years old. I had to have my mom sign for me. Nice. And she just and she just let she just sign for you. She was like okay with yeah. it. Well, well, that's why you know she knew. Like I said, I knew I was going to go in. You know, since I was you know younger. Okay. So it, was, it wasn't a surprise to her. You Fair know, enough. so she she had no problem doing it. And uh, so I was 17. I, the, the, the day after graduation, high school graduation, I was in uh, I was in boot camp in San Diego. That's no lie. The next day, and uh, 
started up my Marine Corps career there. I did four and a half years. It was pretty good. I mean, I did I did like the Marines, um, and the, the main reason um, that I left it, it was because that they didn't give me, I wanted to be a grunt, I wanted to be infantry, and they didn't give that to me. <laughs> for some crazy reason, you think if you went in open contract, they send you right to the infantry. But that was not the case with me. They they put me to be a electrician. You believe that? An electrician? Did yeah. you? Okay. Yeah. Did you? What year? What year was this, by the way? I graduated high school in nineteen eighty one. Okay, nineteen eighty one. So you okay? So nineteen eighty. So like what? Nineteen eighty one, nineteen eighty two is when you joined the Marines. Nineteen eighty one. I graduated high school like say June eighteenth, mm-hmm. June nineteenth. I was in boot camp. Wow! Wow! Yeah, literally. <laughs> I told you. I told you. It That's like quick. The next day. That is quick. I, I feel like it's. I feel like it's not that. I feel like for people that want to get into the military now, I mean, from what I hear, I or maybe I don't know. I could be wrong, but I mean, you've been in this for a long time, so you could probably shed some light on this. But I mean, I like nowadays. I feel like there are people who are trying to get into the military who either they have all these reasons why they can't, or the military is not taking people like they used to, or you know, or, yeah. Is that like a thing? Yeah, you know, I, I, I don't know. Um, I can, I can you know, give you the experience of my sons uh, who, are in the, who are in the military, but one's still in it. But, oh, nice. Um, well, thank them for their service for me too as well. I will, thanks. But, um, you know, back then they had the delay entry program, right? You know, so you can actually join about a year while you're in high school. You can join up to 12 months before your departure date. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you know, and that's actually I, I believe they still have it. And I would recommend if anybody plan on going to military, do that, because when you go for, for pay wise, it counts as your time and grade or time and service pay. But anyway, I digress. Um, nowadays, yeah, it's it seems that, you know, the, I don't know, the military, they're still looking for people, of course. Um, there's lots of loops, I guess. I mean, you know, maybe some. You have to get waivers, education waivers, or or all kinds of stuff, man. But I don't know if it's as easy as it was when I came in. Mm. Wow. So so you wanted to be a, you wanted to be a grunt. You wanted to be a fighter, and they said, "Nah, we're gonna make you an electrician." Yeah. And you. I was pissed, man. Dude, I, I mean, if I wanted to be a fighter, and then somebody told me that I was gonna be working with wires, I'd be I'd be like, "Nah, yeah. bro." Like, but I feel like <laughs> I at that learn, point. I did learn a lot. <laughs> okay, and that's what I was gonna say. So at that point, you've already signed. You already signed on the dotted line, and you already made your yep. commitment. So you can't just yep. say no. I'm f you. You're, you're doing. You, you're going to be an electrician because you signed your well, commitment, right? I went in. I went in open contract, so I didn't know I was going to be an electrician until boot camp was basically finished. Okay. So, so you remember in uh, that 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 Marine Corps movie, uh, Full Metal Full Metal Jacket? Oh, right? I remember that movie. Yes, Full yeah, Metal Jacket. So yes. When he was walking down, and when he was just. You know, uh, Williams, 0311. Yes. Congratulations, you made it. That, that's how it was. Wow. That's exactly how it was. Was that based on Was that based on how well you did at boot camp? Or was that, because I feel like, I remember Gromer Pyle. And well, when back, he was, then, back then, I don't know if it's, it's, if it's now, but you, you take the ASVAB test before you sign up, right? Mm-hmm. And then you, you go to basic training or boot camp, and then you take it again. Oh, right. Okay. okay. And then I guess it's based on on your second, unless if you're open contract. Now some guys had contracts, uh, you know, um, that they had guaranteed jobs regardless, right? But there were a bunch of guys who were like me with open contract, and you know, you get what you get. <laughs> wow. 
and you got an electrician. But you know what? In the grand scheme of things, that is a skill set that you can take with you when you. I mean, granted, you stayed in the military, but you know, and it, but yeah. it just helped. It's a good skill to have, you know. Yeah. So yeah, but I, I did four years, mm-hmm. um, and I got out because I just wasn't happy being an electrician. See, back in those days, not like it is now for uh, the Marines and the re- reconnaissance recon or going to the uh, uh, what do you call those guys? Call it. Uh, Marsoc right now mm-hmm. anybody can try out back then if you weren't over 311 you know infantry you couldn't try out to be a re- in, in recon to be forced recon okay you, they wouldn't let you but now it's now it's different so before so, so before yeah. you had to be in that uh, in right. that fighting job or the infantry yeah. to yeah, be able to try out arms. for the special forces yeah, of, yeah. of marines okay yep so I got out and and when you got out, did you like do? Because yeah, you, you you went from the Marines to the Army. So did you do like and then like did you get out completely? And then you did some time as yeah. civilian. No, I got out. I got out for uh, two years. Basically, yeah, I went to Japan, Tokyo. Oh, and, nice. Um, yeah, Tokyo, and because uh, my you know when I was in Okinawa as a Marine, I met my wife. She wasn't my wife then; she was just my girlfriend, <laughs> and. Uh, so we just met back up. I told her to meet me in Tokyo, and I got out and went back to Tokyo for a couple of years and had a great time, but I was uh, actually missed the military. And that's when I decided to, because we got married and decided to come back to the States, and that's when I joined the Army. Okay, and that was, and how did your wife feel about you saying, you know, okay, well, because I mean, at that point, it's like, okay, you know, you, you, you got out of the military, you moved to where she was at, and you guys are starting your life together, and then, you know, you came back to America, yeah. and you're like, I'm going to go back in the military. I mean, How'd you feel? Yeah, it was okay. I mean, living in Japan is great, um, but as a foreigner or, you know, a gaijin over there, it's kind of tough. You know, I mean, you can make you can make some money and stuff like that, but if you want to raise a family and, you know, and you can have for these half kids. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's right, because you know, you're, you're, you're an African-American, or you're a black American, I'm sorry. Yeah, and so it's it's something that you got to think about, and and I was like, you know what, man, um, I don't want my, you know, I want my kids to have, you know, good opportunity, and I really can't, you know, we could survive, but it's not what I wanted to do. So I did, I missed the military, so we uh, we came back to the states, and I just got a little job, you know, as a pipe fitter's assistant with my stepdad, my uncles, and uh, while I took the test, the, the ASVAB test again for the army. And then, and then after you took the ASVAB test, was it like the Marines yeah. where you they gave you some jobs that you? No, no, no. This time, <laughs> this time. I'm about to say, man, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, or fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice. <laughs> Come on, like yeah. Well, this time, right? Mm-hmm. I really didn't. The infantry wasn't. I wasn't thinking like that, but what I was thinking about was just getting a good job. All I was really concerned about was jumping out of airplanes. Jumping that was like airplanes. one of my major, major requirements when I talked to a recruiter, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, um, we'll see what kind of job, but whatever I do, I need to jump out of airplanes. Right, <laughs> right, right. right. Mm-hmm. That's good. Uh, I was like, hey, airborne it is. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so uh, they gave me the job. See, I didn't know anything about Green Berets at all. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about Special Forces. I didn't know, really know anything about Rangers, right? So I didn't know. And so the guy gave me a job. He goes, hey, here's a good one for you. Here's a parachute rigger, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, like, I'm like, what's that? 
I had no idea. He goes, oh, this way you pack parachutes for people to jump, and you get to jump all the time. I'm like, I right, put me down. Yeah, that sounds like a yeah. That sounds like the move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was still young. <laughs> so, so, so I'm sorry yeah. to interrupt you real quick. No, no. So you said you said Green Berets, Special Forces, and Rangers. Is that like are, are those three different things, or is there? No. No, like, is, okay. Green Berets are special forces. The Army Special Forces—that's their their name. It's just that most people know them by the as Green Berets. So because of the Green Beret that was awarded to them by uh, President Kennedy. So okay. that's why people know. Them. But Special Forces, Green Berets is the same thing. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Just, just yeah. Because sometimes friggin' uh, I mean, I, I interviewed, I interviewed one other military guy here, but he was a SEAL. But like, it's not the same thing. I obviously, but I just right. wanted to clarify for you know myself right. and people uh, that you know are listening. But all right, cool. All right, I'm sorry for interrupting. Please continue. Okay, so, um, so uh, good thing about being a Marine transferring over to the Army is that you don't have to go to boot camp. I was just about to ask that Marine. too. Huh? I was just about to ask that too. Did you have? Yeah. I was gonna say, do you have to go to boot camp again? No, you don't. You don't. And I was out for two years. They actually let me keep my rank too. I was a corporal. I was an E four. Nice. So they let me keep my rank. They let me. I uh, didn't have to go to basic training. So basically, I went from the street straight to jump school. Wow. And um, yeah, so just from so I was living in California, Inglewood, California, by the way. Yes. Um, and went from there to Fort Benning. Uh, right to jump school and uh, did jump school and from there to Fort Lee Virginia for parachute reader school yeah question and then, yeah. yeah real quick question I'm sorry because yeah. this is just a lot of interesting stuff so I'm sorry I'm gonna have to yeah. just like stop here now when you when you finally because you know sometimes when people say like oh you know it's like yeah it sounds cool but then when you get there it's not what you thought like was was uh, airborne like jumping out of planes was it when you finally did it was it was it what you expected would you like did you like it yeah yeah um I did like it. Um, you know, some people, I mean, it's rare that you see people kicking out or anything like that. I have seen that, and I'll talk about that a little later. Yeah, I was going to say, like, does um, not, do people just stand there like, no, 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 I'm, I'm straight. I changed my mind. I'm good. <laughs> like, no. I've seen it. Uh, I actually seen that in Halo school. Mm. But um, the, um, no, it, it was pretty easy. They, 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 it's all in your mind. And then, you, you know, if you, say hey i want to go to jump school and you know you know you're going to be jumping out of aircraft it's not something that somebody makes you go and like oh my god i'm hesitant people are there for a reason they, it's volunteer it's not they don't make you go there right mm-hmm. so it shouldn't it, it shouldn't surprise anybody or make anybody afraid and to tell you the truth man when um you know for your first jump i mean i think the scariest position to be would be the guy in the door the first jumper out the door right mm-hmm. Think about it. You know, you, the aircraft is coming around for the on the final approach, the the, the jump run, right? Mm-hmm. The doors open if it's a C-130 cargo aircraft, right? Mm-hmm. They put the first jumper. He's actually standing in the doorway with his feet basically at the edge of the edge of the the, the step there, right? Oh hell so he's no! Looking, <laughs> he's looking out, right? Oh, no. And he's just he's the the jump master's holding on to him, and he's just waiting for the tap. He, to go. he just has all that time to think about. Yeah. Oh God. He's got a good. He's probably got a good. You know, thirty seconds to a minute, maybe, of watch. You know, just oh. watching the earth go by at twelve hundred fifty feet. Oh my right? goodness. So I figure that's the pop, the most scariest um, place to be 
for someone who's hesitant because he's got all this time to change his mind, right? Right. Especially at night. Especially at night, right? So, um, other than that, everybody behind him is stacked up so tight. When the flow starts going, it, yeah, it ain't no way you're gonna stop, man. You're just gonna go. You're just oh. gonna fall off your back. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm, I'm like I'm like trying I'm like trying to picture this in my head, you know, because you know for me it's like you know you get on a plane with your ticket, you you put your bags on in the overhead, you sit down, you put your seatbelt on, and you wait for it to land before you get off. And then you're telling me that you you know you open the door while it's while you're in the air, and then you sit there, watch the world go by, and like, hey, I'm gonna go ahead and just just jump on out like while the plane's still. I'm like, nah, bro, that's not the move, bro. That's that's not it. It's a lot. It's a lot different. Different too when you're doing it at you know twenty thousand feet or more. The the, the the high altitude jumps, but that's, that's later on. Oh my goodness, <laughs> that sounds that's that. It, it does sound like an adrenaline. I mean, I've seen skydiving and stuff like that, yeah. and people jumping out of planes and stuff before. Like, and it's just like it's just like man, like that's like one of those things where it's like okay, you know, if you get a motorcycle and you get in an accident and you can get hurt, you know, but you probably have a chance of living. But like, I feel like if you get into a parachute act or a skydiving or you know jumping out of a plane accident, you're gonna die. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like there's that's no rule. That's why you make that extra couple hundred dollars a month, man. Oh, oh, you get paid extra money to do that? Uh, if you if you if you hold a um, an active uh, jump slot, like if you're in a unit that actually jumps, yeah, you get you get uh, jump pay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. At least you get a little bit of compensation for <laughs> friggin' you know, jeez, man. <laughs> that's awesome yeah pretty funny alright so then you said you went to what Fort Lee right after Airborne Fort Lee mm-hmm. yeah Fort Lee Virginia for a parachute rigor course so that's basically where I learned how to um, pack parachutes so you know personal personnel parachutes and also parachutes for cargo drops and everything that the army throws out of an airplane personnel cargo and everything that's the school that the, the guys who pack those parachutes and rig up all the all the um, the equipment onto onto this to the uh, the pallets and sleds that's called parachute rigging. Okay, rigging. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then and how long was that? How long were you there for? Oh God, man, was it? It was. Uh, let me see. It was a few months. It was a few months. A couple, about two, three months, I think. Because yeah, because now that now that you've explained the job to me, I'm thinking to myself like, yeah, you. You're responsible for making sure that whatever falls out the plane gets to the ground safely. And right. it, you know what I mean? So, like, that's a yeah. pretty big burden. I, at least yeah, for me, it would you be. Know, yeah, I, you know, I did a podcast before and I talked about the guy asked me, um, you know, that's a lot of stress on you, right? And I said, you know, not really. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, never mind that. Well, no, no, I say this, I say this because you just don't pack a parachute and then you know no one's checks you have you have certain you, you go through a certain step you, you do that step you know you get to a certain point in the packing process and someone comes up you, you call for a check right and then a, a senior guy will come he'll look at your work all right then you proceed to the next step to the next step and then a final inspection mm-hmm. right i mean it's 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 actually pretty basic to pack a regular what's called static line parachute the parachute that that's actually connected when you jump out is connect, you're connected to a rope mm-hmm. and the rope is connected to the airplane and the the rope pulls the parachute out so you, it's not dependent on you to pull the parachute it's it's pretty basic and if you just follow those steps you know, you, it'll work okay but there are there are instances though <laughs> okay well that's not what i would like to hear if i was the one jumping 
instances. <laughs> Only instance I want to hear is the instant I get on the ground. That's what I want to hear. But um, all right, so cool. So you know, you uh, you did your. You didn't have to go through army basic training. You ha- you went straight to uh, airborne school. You did that. You loved it. You, then you went to Fort Lee and you went through parachute rigger school for a few months. Got good at uh, you know rigging parachutes for everything that that falls out of a plane, people and equipment. And so, how did you get from that point? What's your next step? How did you, was it? Was it? Was it special forces after that, or no? Yeah, well, kind of, kind of. So, um, so at the end of the, near the end of the course, we get we get your assignments where you where you get assigned to, right? Mm-hmm. And everybody was like, "Say, I don't want to go to the 82nd Airborne. You know, I don't want to go to Fort Bragg because." You know that's the home of airborne, right? So, right, right. <laughs> you know when those guys jump out of airplanes, they're, they're going by the hundreds, right? So that means it's a lot of work. Oh, jeez, I never thought about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, oh, right. Goodness. So um, everybody's praying to God they didn't get that. But so I got my assignment. They sent me to um, Fort Lewis. All right, and they said, Fort, "I'm like Fort Lewis." What the hell? And it says for a special forces group. I'm like, what? You know? Mm-hmm. Everybody's like, God, you dude, you're lucky, man. You're so lucky. Where, like, where's really? Fort Lewis at? Washington. Oh, uh, Washington State. Yeah, Fort Lewis, Washington State. Oh, that's right. Nice. They're like, man, you are lucky. You going to you going to special forces, guys? Oh, that's awesome. I'm like, okay, cool. And I really didn't know. Now, you know, this is before internet, and this is so. This is like 19. What is it? 1987. Okay. Right. So when this was going down, so there's no internet, you know. So I, I it's not so I couldn't pull up and really research. I just could go by what some guys, you know, some guys told me. So anyways, I we get up, my wife and I, we get up there and uh, I check in, right? And you want to hear something funny? It was so funny. Mm-hmm. So Fort Fort Lewis is is split right down the middle from Highway Five or what was that? Four or five or whatever, whatever that highway is runs runs in between Fort Lewis, just south of Tacoma. So they have the North Fort and then they have their main fort. So at that time, um, first special forces group was on the North Fort. So it was kind of primitive looking, had the old style barracks and stuff like that. Because on the main fort they were building a brand new complex. It wasn't finished yet. It was mm-hmm. really nice, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I, I go and I check in and I see this guy. He was admin dude, administration guy. And I walk in. I'm like, hey, I'm specialist main. I'm parachute rigger. I'm, I'm checking in, right? And then he takes my he takes my package. And then and, and we we're just sitting at his desk. And I ask him, I said, hey man, um, where the where the green berets at, right? <laughs> the team guys, right? Where are they at? He goes, we're all green berets. I'm like, oh what? shit. <laughs> Well, well. Now, in all honesty, at that time he was kind of right, okay? Because back then, everyone that was assigned to the unit wore a green beret, regardless of if you're a A team guy qualified or not. So the only thing that distinguished you from just a regular support guy was the the tab you wore on your shoulder that said Special Forces. Oh, so so everybody. Wore yeah, a green beret, even if they weren't back then. Yeah, it's changed now, right? Oh, so yeah. But you know, now I look back after you know after I went to the special forces course and stuff, I look back on that and said, Jesus Christ, man. But well, you know, um, I look back on it after I joined special forces, and I and I look back at that that guy saying we're all green berets. It's just 
I just go back and laugh. It's, it's, it's still kind of funny. I, I tell that story all the time. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I would like to think so. I mean, maybe this is just me, or maybe maybe it's you, or maybe it's any any of the other guys that actually you know went through the whole special forces course. Who like if somebody was like, yeah, yeah, we're all Green Berets, but it's like, bro, you didn't do all that stuff. <laughs> like, no, you're not. Shut the fuck up. And he he wasn't wrong, but at the time, I mean, we all we all wore it. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so. I actually, I'm sorry to interrupt, but so like when you, so like don't the, don't the, um, I think like it's like the, I want to say, I think it's the Rangers that do that, where they do that same, I think they do that still, where they freaking like have like, uh, like the same color berets for if you're, even if you're support, cause they, cause I think they only use Rangers. Yeah, Rangers I think, yeah, I think in the Ranger Battalion, they all wear the tan beret, mm-hmm. uh, regardless, um, but that's a weird you know, color. I don't know how they got on that on the tan. I guess I guess it's cool. I guess. Well, you know, you know, back then, different. back then when I was there at Fort Lewis, the Rangers were also the Ranger uh, Battalion was there too. Uh, Second Ranger Battalion, I believe it was. You know, my memory's going, but they um, were on the other side, of, other side of the camp, and they had black berets back then. Oh, black! And, oh, damn! Well, yeah, why they change it? They got they got robbed. Damn, I say black. That's that's the move right there. Black. Yeah, they got their berets stolen from them from General Senseki. <laughs> uh, he he decided that you know the whole army needed to feel feel special Aww. and put their berets, and that's how the Rangers ended up with that uh, that tambourine. And I think that's pretty cool. I I actually do like that color. Not not them getting the berets taken. Yeah. But the that the new color I think looks really good and. Um, so they, they they were lucky, and uh, they could still get that color, you know. But you know, time went on, man. They yeah. almost tried to to get ours too. <laughs> Damn, dude, that's just they need, people need to keep their own house. They need to just my name, but yeah. So okay, so the road to earning that green beret, like actually earning it and being a green beret, right? So right. like, what did you like? Like, can you just real quick go over like what you did or or what did you have to do in to get like I guess what's called selected is that what it's yeah yeah what did you have so, to do for that yeah yeah so what I did um so after being there at Fort Lewis um, working with the um the real guys the real team guys and you know learning a lot um I decided to try it myself so it was only a couple years you know so I decided to go to selection which is where the army well the Green Berets special forces and selection uh, excuse me. Special Forces and Selection, SFAS, or we used to say sore feet and shoulders. Um, <laughs> sore feet and shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, time out. School for Advanced Suffering is another School one. School for Advanced. Bro, these are not attractive nicknames, man. These are. <laughs> yeah. This is not something that you tell somebody. It's like, hey, I, I want to be a green bird. What do I have to do? Oh, yeah, you just got to go to the yeah. School for Advanced yeah. uh, Suffering. <laughs> yeah, so, so it was about three... Three, it's about a month, whole month being away, and uh, at that thing, and that basically, so unlike the Marines, um, in the Army, anyone could try out for special forces. It doesn't matter if you're a cook, a supply guy, a mechanic, you know, as long as you meet the basic requirements to go try out or to be a Green Beret, uh, you can try out. So I did, and uh, you know, I, I trained real hard, you know, but you had to. You have to be able to move long distances 
uh, you know, with a heavy pack on your back. So your feet has to be, that's where the sore feet comes up, okay. you know? Yeah. So how heavy, um, how heavy was it? The bag, the rucksack, I, I think it's about, uh, comes about 55, 60 pounds with water. Ooh. And then you have a rifle. Ooh, that's, that's heavy. That's heavy. Yeah. Yeah, no, thank that you. On the back. But uh, so, you know, I put in for selection. I go to Fort Bragg. Um, we started out with uh, 300 guys Damn. Um, in the class. And uh, the first the first morning, the, you do a PT test, a physical fitness test. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, early morning from there, you go straight to the swimming pool. And you have to do a swim test. And, uh, oh, you know, <laughs> so... So, you know, uh, as many times I tell this story, I still I still get a chuckle out of it um, because, we, you know, you lose, you get guys who are absolute physical fitness studs mm-hmm. but, can't, but can't swim 25 meters for shit. Really? And so, um, yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, it uh, it was it was pretty, pretty eye opening. You learn a lot about yourself and other people. So, so, okay, so now, I, and, I, and I'm sorry, I have to ask this question, you know, you know, being a black guy, most people, you know, we have that, we have that, that stereotype that black people can't swim, and, right. and, and I, clearly, I mean, you made it through that swim test, you know, because you made right. it through the whole thing, um, right. and you're black, you know, how right. many, I mean, we're, or, okay, so I guess there's just two questions, so the first one was, uh, how many black dudes either, uh, pat, like, do you, do you, were there any okay. black dudes that passed yeah. that other than you? So, in that class, of what I can remember, <clears throat> so this is like 19, probably 1990 right now we're talking about now. Oh, wow. Okay. In that class, I, I think there must have been about 10 to 15 guys, black guys, if that much. 15 out of 300. And, yeah. And then um, there was this one captain, black guy, big, stuttery, muscular dude. Man, they're like a, a linebacker, but muscular, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um... I was like, yeah, this dude's going to make it. Right? <laughs> yeah, he's going to make it for sure. He's, so, he's, yeah. he's big. He yeah. looks like a special forces well, guy. Soon, soon as he, his toes touched that water, <laughs> dude, he was a failure. <laughs> yeah. Wait, did yeah. he, 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 like, he just, he just couldn't do it. He just couldn't swim. He, he couldn't dense. He couldn't swim, man. Now, the swim test involved uh, wearing camouflage uniform and boots, right? Oh, man. And jump in the water, jump in the pool. You start off on the deep end. Uh, jump in and then you uh, swim 25 meters. They don't care how you get there, you know, any stroke, whatever. Uh, you get to one end and then you and you swim back and you jump out the pool. And oh, if you couldn't yeah. do it, yeah. If you stopped on the other, if you got to the far end and stood up, you were a failure. If your feet touched the floor, you're a failure. So, you know, it was pretty good. You know, oh, there's wow. no harassment. There's no harassment or anything like that. They're just which makes it which makes it worse because you don't know how good you're doing yeah i was just gonna think like there's no so there's no feedback on that then huh no feedback just get out the pool so you can be so you can literally because because honestly that's that's a lot of things like a lot of people a lot of people need validation when they're doing a task they they either need or they they need validation to know how they're doing so if if you need if you need that don't go to don't go to selection. Okay. To Noted for anybody out there that wants to be a Green Beret. If you need validation, if you need somebody to tell you how good you're doing or how bad you're doing, don't go there. They're you know, just gonna stare at you, I guess. Yeah, they'll like they'll like uh, you. You be they, they tell you you're being assessed at all times. 
I've got horror stories to tell you about that. The selection was pretty pretty funny. Oh my god! But, Look, uh, you, you got you want, yeah. you got one right now. You want to tell us? Uh, okay, so <laughs> so we um you do the swim test, then you get on the the cattle truck, which is like basically it's a <laughs> it's a looks like a one of those trailers, uh, you know, tractor trailers that they cut out. They cut out some doors and some just a couple of windows and pile into that thing, and then you, you they drive you out to uh, Chemical, which is the um, where the selection is held, right? It's mm-hmm. out in the woods. So it's about forty five minutes or so from Fort Bragg, and um, so we get there and they shake you down. They make you dump all your stuff, and if you have anything that's not on the packing list, you got to get rid of it, right? Okay. So so we do that, and then basically. You do classes, you know, they keep you up that night until about uh, midnight, just doing silly shit, right? But the first night, the first night is nothing, because you're, you're not really tired. It's the next morning where the hell starts. Wow. But, yeah, I mean, so, you know, the couple weeks, the, the first week, the first week or so, there's, um, you, you're, you're being assessed individually, right? Okay. So, so you're, there's no real paved roads out there. It's all these trails and everything. And so you're doing a lot of running, right? Mm-hmm. And they don't tell you how far. You know, they just tell you, run. Bro, are you <laughs> serious? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. okay, time out. So not only... Yeah. Okay, I'm, it's just, I'm just trying to picture this in my head. Like, this is how they, this is how they pick their guys for, for the special forces is like... I, okay, you know what? You know what I'm getting out of this? <clears throat> you know what I'm getting out of this? Because you're basically telling me yeah. that they don't... That they don't give you any validation or any kind of right. idea of how well you're doing. They'll give right. you a task and they expect you to accomplish it without telling you. So what I'm what I'm getting from this is you need to be a, a mature, a self-starter, right. and somebody right. who uh, basically puts everything out there every time, regardless right. of what it is. Right. So yeah, so it's like so you know, just imagine you know, all right, everybody gets on a trail. You have you have a you have your a number sewn on your pants, you know, it's your roster number. There's mm-hmm. no names, there's no rank. There's nothing like that, right? You're you're just a candidate. Right? <laughs> so they tell you so they tell you, okay, run, start running, just follow the course. It's all you know, it's all these roads, trails, and they have people at turns to tell you which way to turn. But the thing is, where in this three hundred man well, maybe three hundred and uh or two hundred and like 80-something guys now, <laughs> or wow. maybe 270, because we lost some people in the pool, right? <laughs> so so, so we're, we're at, they're telling you, run, and you got to think to yourself, okay, where do I need to be in this group of 200-something 200 200 people? Do I need to be up at the top 10% right, right. all the time, you know, or am I going to sandbag and be in the back all the time? Or do I try to be in the, the top sixty percent? Because this this is just beginning, right? Mm-hmm. You still have a couple of weeks of, of hell to go through, right? Right. So so you do all these events and also land navigation um, training at night. So you're up four o'clock in the morning all the way to midnight, right? And oh. you get you get four hours, four hours of sleep, which sounds like a lot, but it's not. Actually, that doesn't sound like a lot. <laughs> sounds like no. half of what I get. No, after about a week of that crap, man, that shit gets old real fast. <laughs> but the thing is, you're being assessed on what kind of performer you are. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you're, you know, so what I try to do is, man, I, 
you know, especially with the long, you, you, you did it all, not only did the runs, but you did a ruck march or a backpack march on your individually, you know. So I'm only 5'9", and I got this heavy rucksack on. I'm not going to walk as fast, or my strides aren't going to be the same as those big, tall guys, right? So those big, tall dudes, when they came down to, to, to marching, those guys move out pretty good. Mm-hmm. So I just try to just stay up, stay up in the top, you know, 20% consistently, consistently. You know, I, I keep a target, a guy in front of me. I'm like, I, I got to stick with this guy. He was like my rabbit, you know? Mm-hmm. So... So you do that, uh, you, def- you never know how really good you're performing. You, you, you just you just say, okay, I did I did pretty good. I, did, I wasn't in the back of the pack. You know, if I just keep this up, man, <laughs> I should be good to go. Yeah. Right? But the, the hard stuff comes when you start working with people. Mm-hmm. So after you do your individual stuff, they're bringing you together as a team. And you work, you do these, these really silly, silly um, tasks like... I'll give you an example. I'm not going to tell everybody because they're still using it. But but one thing would be, which was which I hated the most. We call them sand babies, right? Now, <laughs> the sand baby drill. Say if you have you have your team of twelve guys, uh-huh. you will go to a location, and they will make up a story. They would say, um, "Hey, we need to get these bags of rice uh, to the villagers," you know, and the villagers, the villages just about, you know, a couple hundred meters away, right? You need to get as many these sand, these sand, uh, these, these bags of rice as you as you can as a team. So basically, the, the, the bags of rice are just, you know what a military sandbag looks like, right? Yeah, like, yeah like a bag yeah. of sand. Yeah. Yeah, like sand. Well, you have to fill up these bags of sand. Oh, they make you fill them up? Yeah, you got to fill them up. Oh, that's not cool. And, oh, that's not and cool. I wish I could show you, but so one guy's filling up, two guys are filling up the bag, and then you have to tie the bags off, and then you not supposed. If I can just, if you can just make a fist, the top, the tail end, or the tops of the bags cannot be um, taller than than the width of your fist. You know what I mean? So you, you just can't like fill the bags halfway, and then you know you have to fill these things up pretty much as as as, as uh, filled as you can get them, and you can tie them off basically, right? Mm-hmm. So it sounds easy. But you have to walk over these berms and up and down these berms, and then you have to carry a rucksack and your weapon on top of that. Jeez. So my team decided, okay, we're going to carry two sandbags, two two bags each, right? Mm. And um, so, but the funny part is, at the other end, when you dump it off, there was this instructor there, right? Mm-hmm. I'll never forget this guy, man. He was this big, strapping. I knew he was taking steroids, man. Dude was huge, <laughs> right? And and he would take your sandbag and he will pound it to the ground. When you think that thing is full, it's really not. Oh and man, take, that's a no go. And then you'd have to take it back, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or or some guys won't want to carry two because now we're getting tired. Mm-hmm. You really right. See, you really get to see how people behave when they're not getting any sleep, you know, and and, and things like that. And all the time, you know, you, we're doing these these things. You have an assessor walking and just writing stuff down on the paper. <laughs> now wow. we, we take turns. Yeah, you take turns as being a leader of a certain task, and they, they check on your leadership skills. They check on your followings, follower skills. Um, 
and all, all sorts of stuff, man. It, it, so by the end of, actually halfway through, what they, they called was gate one, they had a, they sent some people home. And I could tell you about that. You there? Yeah, 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 no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah go ahead, go ahead. Oh, yeah, so, so at the gate one, it's basically like a checkpoint, all right? Because there are some people who weren't doing so well, and this is where they kind of get rid of them. Okay. And it's, it's real funny, right? They they put us up in these bleachers, and they just start calling off names or numbers. Roster number 19. Roster number, you know, in no particular order. Oh, right? no. <laughs> so you're just sitting there sweating, with like just like knees shaking, like, oh, my God, oh, my God, they're going to call me, they're going to call me. Oh. So, so I think we got rid of about 20 dudes or so, 20 or more dudes. Did they right tell there. them after they got – because they weren't telling them how they were doing or, or you know, how good or bad yeah. they were doing. So yeah, they, after they, they got – They would – they from what I know, um, they would tell them they'll, – they'll go to like a – not a board but an outbriefing. And they may mention a few things, but uh, and let them know if they're invited back or not. Because a lot of guys, I've, I've met guys in my class who were there three times. Mm. Three times yeah. doing that. Yeah. So, so we lost. We lost about twenty or so, I believe, with gate one, and that was be, now, now. that's before we even uh, formed up teams. I should go back. This is this is in between individual and teams. You have that gate right there. Now, these are the guys who decide they don't want to perform, you know, doing the rucks and the runs and the navigation, mm-hmm. right? Right. So these are those guys, right? So the 20 or more, I, I can't remember. I'm guessing it's about 20. And then, uh, so they get rid of those guys. Some got invited back, some did not. And uh, then we moved into teams. And then now, so the, the team parts is real important because that's how Special Forces operates is in teams, right? You can't have people who can't, uh, function on teams, personalities or anything like that. So, you know, we had the sleep deprivation and they would keep you up at night in these, in a, in a big ass classroom where the lights are kind of dim. And they, <laughs> they want you to fall asleep. <laughs> and they watch it, you're watching these boring films or they make you write essays and you're going down. It's warm in the classroom, right? Oh, man. And then, yeah, and then there's the instructors are just walking up and down the aisles, right? <laughs> it was so funny <laughs> but uh yeah man so it was just a, basically a few weeks of that and at the end uh you know you do your team thing you have um peer evaluations where you know the guys on your team you'll decide um you know list of one to ten rank your guys on your teams on your team from one to ten and then they average that out they look at that and um the final day Actually, before the final day, you have a, a, a very long individual march that's done overnight. Mm. And I, I, it's really long, man. It's like, I would say it's about 25 miles. I don't know, something like that. That is long. That is yeah. very long. It's, it's very long. I, dude, I, I, I didn't think it was possible for me to sleep and walk at the same time. But I, I didn't even remember half of that thing. Wow. But once that's done, once that's done... Everybody gets in the classroom later that day, and then they would say, when you call your number, go outside, right? <laughs> so they're calling these numbers off in no particular order. Oh, man. Right? They, love, they love those mind games, man. Damn. Head games, man. 
and they called everybody and my name didn't get called. I'm like, man, did I make it? So I'm just looking around. And then they closed the last guy left out. And then they said, uh, congratulations, you, you made it. Everybody's like, yeah, you know. So it was about 90-something guys left. Holy shit. That is less than a third of the guys that you started with. Yep. Holy shit. And that's just that's just selection. Damn. <laughs> That's the easy part, right? This man, oh, the easy part. Oh, okay, okay, wow, okay. Yes, that's the easy part. I guess that's I guess that's just perspective, man. Because I, I mean, listening to all that, I wouldn't say that that's easy. But I mean, you know, I mean, so 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 what follows? I mean, well, you know, congratulations. You know, you got selected. Do you do you guys get like a break or? What happens? Uh, you do your out processing. They basically they tell you that. Uh, you need to report back to Fort Bragg with you and your family in about 45 days. And then you uh, you go back to your unit, um, you know, and uh, you tell them you made it. So long, suckers. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, you start your journey. Damn. So, and then, uh, so how was that? Like, because um, you made it, I'm sure your wife was happy that you made it. Um, you know, I mean, how, well, you said you had kids, right? You said you had kids. Yeah, yeah. So at that point, at that point, I had two two sons at that time. Okay, were they, they old were enough to, to realize what was going on? No, they were baby. They were little. They were okay, little. okay. Well, yeah, I'm sure yeah, I'm they sure they were happy for you anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, they were little. Um, I didn't think they, they didn't even start kindergarten. Anything. They were just they were really little. Okay. But uh, yeah, yeah. So we uh, went back to Fort Bragg, and um, I started the 18 Echo course, which is um, Special Forces uh, Communications. Okay. Cool. So nice. I started, uh, I started Morse code. Morse code portion. Uh, eight weeks. Nice. And then, and, and, and so, and when you said 18, you said 18 series MOS, that's the job, right? 18. Eight, yeah. So your special forces has four um, basic um, military occupational specialties, or that's your job. So the, the, the series or the grouping for special forces is 18. All right. Okay. As opposed to eleven Bravo, eleven for infantry, right? Okay. So, uh, so you have eighteen, um, eighteen Delta, which is medic. Okay. Eighteen, eighteen uh, Bravo, which is uh, weapons. Okay. Eighteen Charlie, which is um, the the engineer. Okay. That blows stuff up. They can build stuff too. Nice. And eighteen Echo, eighteen Echo, who is um, communications. I didn't want to be. I didn't want to be an 18 Echo. I wanted to be an 18 Delta at first. Really? But yeah. But an 18 Delta at Fort Lewis told me, "Hey man, you ain't gonna like what I'm telling you. Do not go as an 18 Delta because it's the hardest course, right?" Yes. Yeah. He goes. He goes. Go as an 18. Anything. Do a couple years. Do some years team time. Then come back again to be an 18 Delta. And that's what I actually did. Actually, yeah. And so I'm an 18 Delta and 18 Echo. Oh, nice. So you had two. Do you have? Did you yeah. have two jobs, or did you just when you so, got the yeah, new one? I went to the course twice. Significantly easier when you go back is when you're already qualified. <laughs> and you and you mean like special forces qualified? Like you're actually yeah. a Green Beret? Or, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I already you know I was already a Green Beret. So when I went to that to the medical course, so oh, they don't treat you like a student, right? They like yeah. The worst that can happen. I was still a student, but the worst that can happen is if I fail because it's a really hard course. If I failed, I'll just go back to team. You know, so. As a, as a, um, as a as echo. opposed to failing and going uh, somewhere else, you know, to Korea or some shit. Oh yeah, f that. Yeah, <laughs> hell no. 
So okay, yeah. so 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 when you all right, do that. That's amazing. So how was okay? So you you did twenty one years. You said in the art. Mm-hmm. So so then how did the rest of your career play out after you finally you know you 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 went back to Fort uh, Lewis as a Green Beret and that's where you were. No, I um I I didn't go to Lewis. I didn't go back to Lewis. I went to Okinawa, Japan. Oh okay. Oh damn, they got special forces over there. Yeah, yeah. Um, we have uh, one battalion. Nice. First, first battalion, first special forces group there, and that's where I spent most of my time actually. Okay. So, and how'd you like um, that? It was great. I mean, it was good because my wife is from there. Oh, right, so, right. I was gonna say home sweet home for her. Yeah, yeah, which made it pretty, pretty good. And um, yeah, it was, it was good. So I did, uh, I did some, I did my team time there, and my four years was up coming up, and then um, what happens is, you know, once a year uh, we have a, a guy come from the Department of Army who was our special forces, um, like coordinator, you know, for assignments and, and things like that. So he comes out to visit and, um, he goes, Hey Donnie. So, um, what do you want to do? I'm like, uh, I didn't want to go back to Fort Lewis. Right. I said, I want to go to 18 Delta course. I want to okay. go to the medical course. He goes, yeah. I go, yeah. Send me to, eight, to the Delta course. And I said, Hey, if I pass, can you send me back to Okinawa, right? Mm-hmm. And he goes, he goes, okay, yeah. If you pass, he just he says, give me a call every month or so. Let me know how you're doing. And then if you pass, I'll bring you back out to Japan. And that's what I did. <laughs> nice, nice. The extra motivation. Yeah, yeah. So um, I went to the course, um, which was a very uh, – I did a lot of babysitting there because I was already uh, an E7 in rank okay and um the course had a bunch of uh you know e4s young guys but we had a lot of navy seals there too oh really how were they <laughs> were they good seals, at... young seals were they, were they good oh at my god them? you know i still i still talk to a couple of those guys man but trust me these guys are fresh out of the basic underwater demolitions uh you know of course buds they call buds out of coronado right and they they got assigned to be medics and they come out there and it was it was just I was, I was uh, you know, I was like, hey, man, I'm like, hey, MFers, I don't <laughs> want no shit, all right, because I was seven, so I was basically like in truck, you know, it was me and another guy, a couple other guys who were already SF qualified that were reclassifying to be 18 Deltas, right? Right. So we all had our groups. I'm like, I don't want any crap from y'all, man, because you know, I know how you guys are. I'm a student here just like you, so I don't want any calls in the middle of the night to come pick you up from prison or jail or anything <laughs> like that, man. Dude. It was crazy, man. Jesus. We had, uh, so, the, you know, so the first six months, you're doing paramedic schools, basic paramedic school for the first six months. And we had to go up to New York. And uh, this is one story. So we uh working in hospitals, right? So it's, it's real high-profile shit. Hmm. And then one, <laughs> we get in the elevator, and then some a couple of seal pups come in, and uh, everybody's smelling. It's like... It dude was like lit up, man. Zoo breath. Wow. Going to the going to do his rotation in the surgical ward. <laughs> it's like take your ass back to the hotel. <laughs> God, this man was really living his best life. Oh my God. Oh my, my goodness. My seal, my seal pups were my seal pups were awesome, man. <laughs> Sounds like you had a good time, though. Yeah, it was it was fun, man. It was fun. But uh, 
you know, we're so another story is we're on our way back to Fort Bragg. We we're done with the rotation up to New York, right? I had a bus ride all the way back from New York to Fort Bragg. And we had two SEALs missing. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> they they didn't make the bus ride, but they beat us back to Fort Bragg. <laughs> How did they do that? How did they do that? <laughs> I think they I think they caught a flight or rented a car or something. Oh my god. But uh yeah, resourceful, yeah, man. Shit. All that training, all that training pays off. Yeah. <laughs> that is cool. Oh, uh, my SEALs. I'm friends with a lot of SEALs, by the way, so it's just okay. That's cool, man. No, that's, I, honestly, that's, I, I feel like, I feel like there's a lot of uh, inner service rivalry between all the people <laughs> that are in special operations. Like I, like I said, I, I talked oh, to a, I had, I had, the only other military guy I had on this podcast was a SEAL. And, um, you know, and, 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 and he seemed like a cool dude. I mean, he, he I don't think, I don't, I don't know if he said he worked with any SF guys or Rangers or anything like that, but right. uh, I don't remember. But I mean, yeah. it seems that like a lot of that stuff comes from people who are not actually, you know, in those groups who be talking right. all that stuff. And then the guys that are in the groups are like, eh, actually, they're not that bad. Or, you know, maybe some of them do, but I don't know. I feel, I don't know. But uh, no, I ended up actually working with a couple of those guys, um, after I got out too, and some in contracting. Oh and, uh, yes, yes. Oh, we're yeah. gonna we're gonna get to that too. We're gonna get to that. But uh, so, we're gonna be here all night, man. Bro, I, I mean, it's just it's 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 like I want to get I want to hit. I mean, you're just interesting, man. I just want to hit all these the, the key points. So yeah. so okay. So after 18 Delta, like okay. So like deployment wise, like I mean, uh, so what year did you get out? What year did you get out of the army? I actually retired um, at the end of uh, 2004. Okay, actually. Yeah, I was gonna stay in. Well, now this was this was my situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't stay in because, well, first of all, I left Okinawa and I went to Yuma, Arizona. I was a Halo instructor. Okay. Oh, nice. So military freefall parachute instructor for special ops, right? Right. And I was. I just got there. I was there uh, a year or two, year and a half, maybe. I don't know. I, I I can't remember. But I wanted to get out, right? Because I've done my time. I was stop loss, which means they wouldn't let me get out. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You're gonna have to definitely. You, you yeah. mean like your 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 enlistment is over and they won't let you leave? Yeah, it was, it's it's called stop loss. I'm sorry because for the needs of the army because the war was kicking. The not just started started right and um they couldn't afford to move people around and all that stuff. They weren't certain and everything like that. So. I couldn't get out and I was like man you know I had a job already lined up with a unknown organization let's just say Mm -hmm. and uh, overseas and stuff like that doing some real good shit but they wouldn't let me go (laughs) so finally they broke I spent about another year waiting to get out or something like that six months a year something like that anyway so I finally was able to retire and that's when it kicked off my whole contracting life. Okay, and then and you went right from uh, active duty into because after you retire, you don't have to do any re- like reserve time, right? No, no, no. Okay, okay. So you know, you know it's so funny when I um when I went to re- uh, do my retirement paper uh, out processing, it was in Fort Huachuca, uh, here in Arizona. It's just a little further than Tucson, mm-hmm. and. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it was funny. So this admin guy was doing my work, my paperwork, 
And then he goes, okay, Sergeant, um, sign here, sign here. I'm like, this, he says, this document here means they can, uh, we can recall you for another 10 years. I'm like, you're a try. I can just see your face right now. He's looking yeah. at it, like, not even smiling, just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah just, just I dare try. you. Try it. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, after after 20 years, man, 20 years of faithful and, and you know, uh, honorable service, and you really gonna think you're gonna call me back and then be like, No, I don't think so, bro. No, but um, yeah, 21 years. I'm sorry, man. Yeah, but yeah, so okay, but then, but then you went into contracting now for for the people that now I kind of understand what contracting is. Um, but can you just explain it, uh, for you know, for the people that don't understand what it is or know what it is? Sure, yeah, yeah, so. Basically, what I got into and a lot of other people got into, the war was kicking off pretty good. And, I mean, there were an effort that big in uh, not only Afghanistan, but just say Iraq. Mm -hmm. Um, It was massive for people who haven't been there. I mean, it was massive. Tons of people, tons of military. And they needed that support, that machine, that huge machine. Now... All the departments had contractors. The DOD had contractors. The, you know, uh, State Department had contractors. You know, just all every three name, um, three letter organization had contractors, and they took advantage of um, people with a particular set of skills. That we should say particular you set know? of skills. I, I love that movie. I'm yeah. sorry, I had to say it. I had to say yeah. it. <laughs> I have a very particular so, set of skills. All right, yeah. no, that's yeah. you go. So, so I mean they. You know, a lot of everything from doing training, some kind of intelligence work, also all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so it, it was it was a lot of it was very costly. I mean, you know, to the government, meaning you know they pay you know they pay they have to pay these guys. Mm-hmm. Contractors, contractors are not like employees, so they don't they don't get they don't get benefits or anything like that. So you got to pay contractors more than you would per se someone who works for the company who has benefits you know insurance and all that stuff so as a contractor all this stuff you got to provide for yourself right so that's why that's another reason why contractors make that kind of money well, now when you say that kind of money is it like good money like or yeah kind of ridiculous ridiculous money mm-hmm. okay 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 i'm sorry but okay can you can you like kind of provide like a range or figure or like a yeah yeah okay so all right, now, all right, let's just take a, I'll, I'll give you a range. Now, say you got a contractor's working in a child hall. Okay. Right? I mean, they can make any, you know, overseas, you know, from three, 300, 350, 400 a day, maybe. 350 maybe to 400 a day for cooking. Yeah. Okay. This is not like and a special got, operations and you got, Now, you got, you got guys on the other end of the spectrum, Okay. you know, pulling 1100 $1,200 a day. Uh, what? Every day. $1,100 a day every day. That's, that is, yeah, that's ridiculous money. Okay, yeah, so then there you go. That's that range. It depends. It depends, and it depends on the risk. It depends on the organization that is hiring you, Um, you know. Now, does it also, does it also depend on, like, because you said a risk an organization that's hiring you. Now, I would imagine, like, for a guy like you or anybody, for that matter, that is in, like, special operations that has done that much time, had that much training and those particular set of skills would just mm-hmm. be worth that much more money. Is that, can you, can you levy your own contracts like that by, you know, like, Hey man, like, look, this is what I bring to the table. Well, can you well, do that? No, it's, it's because no, it's, it, 
it's not it's not like that because you're contracting with another company who's contracting with the government. Okay. Uh, or you might even be a sub sub subcontractor. So basically, let's all right, let's take let's take Brown. Everybody heard of Halliburton and Brown and Root, right? Yeah, yeah. Let's, from the yeah, from the early let's days. Just for an example. Okay, so they they're they're the prime contract. They get the big huge contract to provide child or food at the at the, the, the mess the, at the cafeteria for everybody, right? Right. So they would subcontract smaller companies, you know, to to man or to you know to, to, to handle a certain part of that. And that company might even um, subcontract another company to provide the people, you know. Mm. So it it it's, it's like a, a stair step. Yeah. You just, I mean, a person like me, I, I just can't go to the uh, the Department of Defense and just like contract by myself. You know, like, you know, my name is Jason Bourne. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It don't work like that. <laughs> oh shit! My name is Jason Bourne. <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ! It's Jason Bourne. Jason Bourne. Yeah. <laughs> you run into a few of those over there. But, oh, uh, oh shit! That's crazy. So, you know, they, oh, so those so those kind of people really exist then. All right, you don't, you don't have to confirm or deny that. I don't want to get you in trouble. You don't have to confirm or deny that those kind of people exist. Because I know that, like, you know, we see these movies like Jason Bourne and Taken and fucking John Wick. And we're like, okay, like, this is just a movie. But, like, okay, in the back of our minds, we're like, okay, like, what if these kind of people, like, like are real? Like, maybe there's not a lot. There can't be a lot of them. But, like. Yeah, 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 yeah. I ain't I'm just thinking. I'm just saying, you you know, in, in, in that kind of environment, you run, in, you run into people who think they are, you know. Ah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Who think but, um, that, that's just probably no, actually quite funny. So every every civilian person there is mainly a contractor, and you know some guys, uh, you know, it, it's, a, it's a good deal. I mean, even today, it's not as it's not as prevalent, you know, uh, as many jobs, contract jobs as it used to be. But there are still a lot of contract jobs out there. Um, you know, it's. We don't have as many chow halls and stuff like that because everybody basically pulled out of Iraq. Mm. Um, Afghanistan is still still going, but it's not really really big, so it's not as widespread. So all the jobs are are basically gone away, but there will always be a need for people with a particular set of skills in this world. So so let, let me ask you this: um, like, okay, so you you know, like, what would be like, okay, like a particular skill that would you know, basically, I, I feel like, because you, you mentioned cooking, right? So what would be like a right. particular skill for somebody that was going into contracting that uh-huh. like you, they, they pretty much like will always need that? Like, you know what I mean? Sure. Like, yeah. Okay. They'll always need cooks, man. Always need cooks. Of course, people got to eat. There are chow halls. And, um, there's, okay, one one contract that, that's still going pretty strong is the, with the State Department is for security. Um, the Worldwide Protection Service, the the whips, they call them whips. Now, these guys are basically in charge of uh, protection of the embassy facilities and the embassy personnel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when when a dignitary or diplomat wants to go somewhere, is the, is there personal protective detail, PSD, personal uh, security detail, right? Right. There's always. That program has been around for a while. I remember its inception, and it's still going on today. Now, do you have to be a spec ops guy to do that job? Absolutely not. Okay. Um, if you have, if you have, but but they usually only take military guys. Okay. 
guys who've been in the military or police, right? Okay. Um, they're those guys are always around. That's, they do a really good job. And I was in Iraq when um, that whole Blackwater situation went down. Oh, back in um, uh, was it two thousand four with uh, the contractors yeah. with the, in Fallujah? Yeah, in Fallujah. No, no, not Fallujah, not Fallujah. I, oh, I was there. I was there too. Oh, I'm man. talking about. No, four, five, oh, six, oh, six, I know which one you're talking about. Like but in he the... shot up Nasir Circle. Yes, Nasir, yes. And, that's and one, some yeah. civilians got killed. I heard well, about I'm that. I'm going to tell you now, I, I have a couple friends that, that's on that detail and that was on there. Those guys would get lit up every time they left the gate. Every time. Yeah. All the time. And, 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 that, and that was, that was, that was back when, because I, okay, so like, I, obviously, like, I, I wasn't in the like was going full strength. Yeah, and, and that was when the war was like, it, it's, yeah. I heard it's like the most violent years of the war, you know, yeah, it was, especially. It was, it was pretty bad over there, man. I mean, God, we didn't uh, rocket it. It was horrible. But anyways, those guys were taking a lot of heat all the time, you know, every time they left the gate, man. And they never lost anyone. Mm-hmm. Never lost a, never lost a principal, which is, which is pretty commendable. Right. You know, um, but those jobs are still going on. Um, other things, you know, what, what I would say, guys who've been in logistics and stuff like that. The thing is, trying to the thing is finding the companies. You that, know, that need it. That's that's the hard part. Yeah. What do you do? You do you know like like what about those? Because I because I guess okay. So like I I mean I just learned a ton because you know. When 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 I hear contracting, you know, I guess I think about like, or or okay, let's just, I should say, because contracting could be anything, but when I hear military contracting or when I hear contracting yeah. involving government, I automatically think the PMC. Yes, all like I think about I think about um you, uh, you know you know uh, thirteen hours. Yeah, I think about that when I when yeah. I hear that. Yeah, that's a that's a real touchy subject for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna get into that. I'm just no no we can no 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 we can I, I mean it's touchy because. Uh, those two guys are my friends. Well, I mean, if you and, if you're if you're okay with speaking on it, because I mean, no, I'll, a... I'll touch on it. I'll touch on it. But okay, those yeah. guys, you know, uh, Tyrone Woods and Glenn Doherty were my were my teammates. They were both seals, but we worked together outside of outside the military. But you know, so it was real. That day, I'll never forget that day. You know, when they got killed, man, and um, you know, so. When it comes down to speaking about HRC, I really get upset about that woman. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. But, I don't, I don't, I don't yeah. blame you. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, yeah, those jobs are, are there. You know, you hear contractor, you hear that. But there are also, there are also contractors, contracts where, um, you know, you do a lot of training. Um, like, that's basically what I do now. Okay, and you're um, still in the contracting world right now. I'm still in the contract, yeah. I, yeah, man, now, you know. Being agreed at Walmart's not just not my not my. Uh, hey, welcome my, to Walmart. How you doing? Uh, I used to. I used not to... saying that Walmart. <laughs> not saying being agreed at Walmart is bad, but it's just not for me. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. There's there's something out there for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not for me. Right. But um. <laughs> yeah. So I still I still do it. Um. I like it. I like it because I I can work my schedule what mm-hmm. I want. You know. So I, I, I work about six months a year. That's out of the year. Okay. That's my schedule. And, and is it six months at once, or do you break it up, or? No, I break it three three months on, three months off. Oh, okay. So yeah, that's that's nice. And yeah, and, so and then if yeah. and, and if and then it, it allows you the ability to live life the way you want. Because I all right. Yeah. So so you know obviously I'm gonna put you know your Instagram handle and everything in the in the description. 
you know, but in the beginning when I was like saying all that stuff, you know, for everybody listening, when I was saying all those stuff and like that was off his Instagram bio. And this man has probably one of the most interesting Instagrams that I have ever, that I follow like point blank period. It has everything from freaking guns, throwback military pictures, travel pictures, tech, tech stuff. You know, tactics, uh, you know, and, and, you know, comedy. I'm going to tell you right now, that video that you made uh, during the coronavirus, when you when you went to your neighbor's house, like, I'm going to teach you how to survive when you don't have a gun, and you went to your neighbor's house, bro, I was dead. I was dead. Oh, my God, dude. Every, every time my neighbor, I had, the, I had the coolest neighbors, man. I tell you what, I train, I train my neighbors, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. We train, we, train, we train pretty good. They, we're, we're a bunch of shooters over here. So nice. our neighborhood watch, you know, it's pretty cool. Yeah. But, uh, it's, it's, you live in a nice neighborhood out in Arizona, huh? Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, so it's a real nice place. We've been here. Our neighbors, we've all been moved at the same time, so we've all been here at the same amount of time. We have a no-moving policy. Oh, yeah. So. That, that's cool. Because then, you know, it's like no new friends, man. It's like you get to know everybody. Everybody knows who yeah. you are. So it's like, I was like, who's that guy over there? It's like, oh, yeah, he doesn't live yeah. here. Like, who is this guy? So every time, yeah. Every time my neighbors go away for a weekend or something like that, I always... It's not all the time, but I'll, I'll do a video of me sneaking into their backyard and going into their pool. They have an outdoor kitchen. Was, yeah, they, they definitely had a nice setup. I love that. He was like, he's like, what's this, Long Shark? He's like, he's like, yeah, I'll take that. Water? I don't need that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Water? Yeah. Yeah, but I'm going to – yeah, I, I mean, so so yeah, so my, my next question is like, you know, right now, I mean, you've, you've literally – you've had a vast, uh, vast life experiences. You've been, you know, all over the world. You know, all over the country, you've you've right. done you've been there, done that. I mean, you know, and and, yeah. and I guess and I guess now, like like with with everything that's going on in the country, um, and and I wanted to know like what your particular like, you know, if you want to share them, you know, what are your opinions on everything that's going on? I guess so. And before I even just generalize it like that, I'm gonna start right. with, I mean, how do you feel about the idea? You know, this whole this whole idea that the African American like or black people, you know, right. are oppressed. And, you know that have no that have no place here in this country. Because yeah. me yeah. personally, I, I I think that I think that I that I have a better opportunity to succeed here than anywhere else. But that's just me. Right. Right. Well, you know, I I made a post um, one day on my Facebook page. <clears throat> excuse me, that more people need to get passports and get them stamped, mm-hmm. and they have a whole different outlook on how America is. And I'm not talking going to France or London, I'm talking about some other countries, you know, and see how how good we have it here. Say it louder uh, for the people in the back. See how, see how good we have it here. Get a passport and go some other places. Mm-hmm. See how good we have it here. But um, this current situation, man, you know, it's no, it's not a big secret. I'm, I'm, I'm conservative, right? Mm-hmm. Now, um, and the reason I'm like that and I think a lot of people in the military are, is because of, you know, how we were trained, you know, how we were taught personal responsibility, you know, you know, being accountable for your actions, right? Yes. yes nobody, absolutely. you know, nobody owes you anything, man. You just got to go out there and get it just like selection. Mm-hmm. You know, in my video, I talk about, I was selected not because of my skin color, or, you know, or anything like my education level is because I went out there and I busted my ass and I performed. Now, how do I tie that to stuff that's going on? You know, the, the, the black community. Um, first of all, 
I would like to say, I think one of the main problems, and you probably, we've heard this a thousand times on some news networks, that the breakdown of the, the black family is a problem. Mm-hmm. There are no the fathers or the lack of fathers in the home is a problem. And, I mean, if there's no guy there, man there in the house to keep you straight, you're going to run out and just, you know, not all cases, not all cases, but you're going to go out there and just get out of control, you know, and what's a, what's a woman going to do? You know, it's going to be hard for her to control some of these men, you know, because guys are like men right now at 14, you know what I'm saying? Right. So, you know, it, that's that's one of the main problems, you know. And it's, you know, this whole, you know, 75% of the, the, the black kids are born out, uh, you know, you know, you know, born out of wedlock. And it, it's, a, it's a problem. It is a problem. Now, I see these, you got these schools, these inner city schools and, and, you know, people talking about they don't have, they don't have the opportunity to do this and to, to do that. And which is, which is kind of true, but. I look at things in black and white, right and wrong, okay? Just because my situation is the way it is, if I'm, you know, don't have a lot of money or blah, 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 I'm not going to go robbing people to steal money, sell drugs, or anything wrong or criminal, right? Right. And to me, it seems like there are a lot of people who are making an excuse for that. You know, well, they don't have this, you don't have that, you know? This whole looting stuff that's going on, you know, I saw something the other day. They said, okay, there's this white guy that broke the window at the auto zone, right? In mm-hmm. this whole Minneapolis stuff. Okay, fine. But does that mean it's fine for me to go inside the auto zone and, and start stealing mufflers and shit? You know, right. is, it, is it okay for me to go into Target and start breaking, start taking stuff? You know, it's, it's all these excuses is, is just, it just, you know, annoys the hell out of me. Yeah. So, so I mean, I I don't know, man. It's I don't. I'm. I just see things in black and white, man. And I I already said that, but that that's how it is. Now, there are ways to get out. All right. I did a video on my um, Instagram about military. Okay. For for instance, mm-hmm. it's a it's an awesome opportunity for people to change their situation, okay? Maybe you're not college material. I wasn't, okay? But you can do something to get out of that situation, to uplift yourself out of that situation instead of turning into crime. You know, well, I'm not going to go and be on, you know, Trump's uh, military going killing people. Okay, be a clerk. Just get, to, just do something <laughs> right. to, to change your situation. Right. Instead of just accepting it and just going down the wrong way, yeah. So because that kind of explains it. I, I I like and I like your outlook on that because you know for me I I just I feel like at least you know the way the way that I am is just you know they're regardless of some some people like to say they they what they want to say is well we should we I feel like there's an entitlement like I said, I've said this before in, in in a couple of my other podcasts and I feel like there's an entitlement issue where people feel like. They deserve this or they deserve that, or they feel like they should they should have the same uh, quote unquote head start, or they should have the same start point as somebody else. Well, maybe you don't, and that's fucking life. 
Okay. Yeah. The point, yeah. the fact of the matter is, is what are you going to do at your start point? Are you going to sit there right. and then cry because somebody has a, has, you know, it's quote unquote head start. Somebody, you know, has a better opportunity in the beginning, or are you going to find a way? Now, the thing about it is, is that, yeah, maybe you don't have, you know, the best opportunity to begin with, but guess what? For the person that yeah. it was a lot easier for them to reach their finish line, you're, right. you're going to go through a lot more character development and personal development than they probably will because they had less, um, uh, uh, less adversity or, or you know adverse you know uh, you know stuff to pass over before they got to where they were going, and and right, and right. you're gonna find out who you are and how much right. you want what you actually want, and you're going to you you're going to appreciate you know your your rewards that you earned a lot more because of how hard you worked for them. Right, you're right. I mean, like there were times that uh, my team would go to other bases uh, or forts, you know, to do some training or whatever. We like be the only only SF guys or any spec ops guys on that base, you know. And uh, there was this one, this one funny story here, man. So we went to the uh, the, the the post exchange, which is basically our um, department store that's mm-hmm. on the post on the court. And we're standing out front. It was cold outside, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the guys on my team had his hands in his pocket, right? He's standing <laughs> out because his hands was cold, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> This guy, this is this is leading up to the point I'm trying to make. Okay. So okay. this guy, I just have to tell you. So this guy, some he was a he was a senior guy that you know we we call them legs. They were they were not airborne people. They were just regular army folks, right? Conventional army mm-hmm. comes running over there and he goes, "What are you doing with your hands in your pocket?" <laughs> and he goes, without a, without missing a beat, he goes, "We're recruiting, right?" So, <laughs> <laughs> Yo, he had that one ready to go. He had that one in the chamber. Yeah, dude, oh man, my right god, wow. that is so, clever. Yeah, he said we're recruiting. Yeah. Oh my yeah, god, and we, and, and we did. That's how we did. Seriously, we get guys all the time like that to sign up for selection. But so I'm standing there, and this one uh, black uh, black soldier. I say black because I don't do that. I don't do that African American thing. Well, yes, because you so, know, unless you're yeah. actually from Africa, you are not an African American. Yeah. That's like, yeah. yeah, you're a black American. That's what. That's yeah, why I said right. in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, keep going. I remember when I remember when they started that African American thing too. I think it was Jesse Jackson or somebody. Anyways. Yeah. Well, he 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 hey, secret sergeant. Can I uh, talk to you? I'm like, yeah, man. What's up? He goes, man, is it? You know, is it hard? You know, for special forces, I don't see any black black guys there. You know. Um, you know, like he was like very timid and scared to talk about it, man. I'm like, dude, you need to get. <laughs> we need more black guys in special forces, man. You need to get in there. Just make sure you know how to swim. You mm-hmm. know, 50 meters at least. Wow. Right. Yeah. And um, but it's actually it has gotten better because they did kind of change the standards a little bit. They don't have the swim test anymore, which which I don't agree with because it's not the team sergeant or the A team's leader to teach you how to swim by the time you, you know, you're on a team that may have to insert, you know, into some water. You right. Know? Right. Oh, we can't, you know, we can't, we can't take Kenny cause, uh, <laughs> can't, Kenny can't swim from, you know, off the boat to, to the shore. Yeah. I feel like that'd be kind of like inhibiting to the mission. He's like, Oh yeah. Well, uh, Sergeant, I need my water wings before we, we go do this mission. Medic. <laughs> we can't take the medic. But, um, Anyways, yeah, so there are opportunities, man. People just need to seize it instead of limiting themselves and, you know, thinking they're victims and oppressed. 
I mean, they want to see some oppression. You need, you need to leave this country. Hmm. I, I felt I always I always thought the same thing. You know, but yeah. yeah. So so I, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. What were you gonna say? No, no. I mean, I think I, I spent a lot of time in Africa mm-hmm. the last couple of years too. Um, I went to uh, Mali. I went to uh, spent a lot of time quite in, in Kenya. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I seen I seen uh, quite a bit of stuff, man. And you know, some of these guys are doing so much with the little that they have. You know, and you know what? They would give. They would come to America in a heartbeat. Oh yeah, I saw the guy. I saw the guy on Ninety Day Fiance. He was getting ready to marry that ugly, that big old, that big woman, freaking, just so he can get to America. And I know he didn't love her. <laughs> you, ever see, you ever see that show, man? Ninety Day Fiance, bro. Like he, yeah. like they, uh, like you, you hear about it all the time. Like like those uh, those scammers from Africa who like who like yeah, trick yeah, these yeah. lonely yeah. these lonely white women into freaking falling in love with them on a dating site, and they're like, oh yeah, baby, I love you. And then, yeah. and then they get them send them money or something yeah. so they can come to America. Man, they would, they would love to, they would love to come over here for some of this oppression. Yeah, right. I'm yeah. so, I'm so oppressed. I can, I'm so oppressed. I can go to McDonald's and eat whenever I want and freaking, freaking. Oh no, man. You know, I'm so oppressed. Um, I could, I could, I could have not as good a grades as as someone, but I will get choose, I will get picked for this college just because I'm black. Oh, there it is, right there. Boom. How's that? Wow. Yeah. You know, hit him where it hurts. Yeah, I went there. Yep. You know, I so and I okay. So and here's one more thing too, and you would know this better than I would, because all right. So you know, like I'm not a I'm not a feminist or anything, but you know, it's funny because you know, there's a lot of women's movements out there, who you know, you know, women's rights and everything, and I'm you know, I'm, I'm all for equality and everything, but that at the same time, I feel like there's some women out there that kind of take it to the extreme. And and, and 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 you know so and I and I now I know this you know you could probably verify this for me because you've been to these places for the women that are out there marching in the street saying that they don't have a voice and saying that you know that you know they're cursing and doing all this other stuff aren't there places where literally they would get like their body parts chopped off for like for doing that shit oh yeah of course man you know and but first of all I just want to say hey, that's their right. It is their right. It absolutely is their right. And you know that's the First Amendment right. Yes, I, I do think. I do think, and uh, there are a lot of women that agree though that they're taking it, the feminism stuff a little too far. You know, and, that, and that's where, really all. That's really all where, my point was because they're, they're thinking. You know, they're thinking they're men. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, that's they're um, not men. <laughs> they're not men. But, yeah, you know. Oh, I mean, this whole, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but you you just you just you just made me remember something. So in the in the news, I'm sure you heard about it. Well, I'm sure you heard about because you're probably you're in the loop. But uh, the 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 woman who became special forces just 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 happened recently. Well, I knew that was gonna pop up. Did, okay, <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, I, I'm just at like, did you I have any? Pop up. Hey man, you know what? I you know I don't know the whole story, and you know, congratulations to her. Yeah, congrats. You know? That's awesome. I I don't know if she's you know went through the same, you know, qualifications or met the same requirements or had, had just as little or you know, chances that, say, a regular guy would have mm-hmm. because she was a female and they wanted to prove a point, you know, and to, to get her through. I don't know the whole story. I've heard, I've heard rumors, you know, um, but, you know, hey, man, times are changing and all I'm saying is, I'm glad I'm retired. 
You can say it. You had the last hard uh, uh, special forces class. I don't know, man. You know, I don't know how that's going to work, man. You know, the, the team room is a, a pretty hardcore place. You know, the team room where the guys go every day and they have their gear and they do mission planning and excuse me, stuff like that. That's a pretty harsh place, man. Mm-hmm. I ain't going to lie. I mean, God dang, we, we used to go do PT and you know, physical training and then go to shower and walk around that thing naked. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a, lo- it's a locker room. Yeah. Yeah, boys club. So I don't know. I don't know how this is going to work, man. Yeah. I really do. Don't. Well, she's a transgender. I mean, I, 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 honestly, I'm, I'm literally just, I'm impressed, just you know, because she made it, you know, because yeah, you know, more power. Yeah. You um, know. but, but at so the same I time, I guess it's going to be like Starship Troopers. You remember that? <laughs> the Starship Troopers. I don't when, think, uh, I don't think I've seen that, bro. Oh, there's a part where they just walk up, chicks are in the team room, but like, I think her boobs is out, <laughs> and, like no big deal. And <laughs> God. Well, I mean that that that's how you that's how you would I guess I mean I guess facilitate that I mean you just have them walk around with their titties out and you can walk out with your dick out still and you're like hey yeah it's all good man that's how it is man is that is all that gonna have to change I I don't know man I don't know wow. something's gonna something something's gotta give out I'm curious to find out I'll I'll be happy to watch it here from my my home office yeah yeah man. <laughs> So, okay, and then, uh, you know, so it's just a quick question, you know, um, so like these groups, right? Like there's, there's three, all right? I just want, this, this is how we're going to close it out, okay? I'm going okay. to get a couple words or what your, what your honest ideas or feelings are about these three groups, okay? And I'm going to go in this, okay. I'm going to go in this order, okay? I'm going to start right. with Antifa. Um, insurgency slash subversion, um, they have good plans and they're financially backed. Mm. Okay. And, and can I throw a couple more? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, go, go ahead. Being, being you know, special forces, one of our main, one of our main jobs was uh, unconventional warfare, mm-hmm. and you learn all about insurgencies, how to start an insurgency, how to defend against an insurgency. Mm-hmm. And these guys are meeting all the steps. We have the, you know, like you, you watch the peaceful protesters up front. Yes, right, right, and sprinkled in there are the Antifa's who's behind them, doing all this, you know, agitating, throwing all this stuff. Right, right. Then you have behind them, you will have the command slash, you know, their overseers. So you got the useful idiots up front. <laughs> you got you got the shock, shock troops and behind them doing all this crazy stuff, and then you got people, admin support, medics. uh you know, logistics, mm-hmm. bringing weapons and bricks and all this kind of crap. I'm telling you, you got to watch out. But people don't don't know what to look for. But it's there, man. Wow. So, you know, I kind of wish somebody would come around, come around my car, starting problems. I, 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 I mean, for their sake, I hope they don't. Jesus. <laughs> but all right, all right, cool. So we got Antifa. All right, Black Lives Matter. I think they're a Marxist organization. Mm-hmm. I really think they're financed by Mr. Soros. And I am, if you look at their, uh, go to their page and look at their mission statements, their goals, and you see break the breakup of the nuclear family, mm-hmm. what does that tell you? No fathers. You know it's founded by two uh, black lesbians, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, I, I'm not down with them at all. No. Okay. 
And then, last but not least, this is not really as these are these guys aren't really. I mean, I, we're only talking about it because we were talking about it, you know, when we were talking. NFAC, not fucking around, crew. Don't fuck with them, boy. They they might give you a run for your money. I don't know, bro. They've been pretty popular the last couple of days. Yeah, right. Why why were they popular for the guys that don't know? Yeah, there, there's uh the leader. Well, we got a rollback last week when they had their. March, I think it was in Kentucky. Anyways, one person ended up having a negligent discharge and ended up shooting himself and two other people. Ooh, wow. Right. Expert marksman. He shot himself yeah. and two other people. Well, before they started the march, right? Wow. So, wow. Skills. the leader, the leader, his name is, uh, he calls himself Grandmaster Jay. He puts out a video and <laughs> it's the funniest thing ever. Seen. <laughs> you, can, you can probably find it still. He puts out a video talking, trying to, which he looks like he's trying to explain that guns go off by themselves. All the time, <laughs> I, right? I saw that video when he was in his kitchen yeah. or whatever, and he so, took the AR and he so called so it a bullpup. He lost me when he <laughs> brought, brings out a, a older, old M16. He goes, this is my first weapon I purchased. It's a XM15 shorty, meaning short barrel rifle, when it was not. It was just a basic M16, and and then he called it a bullpup. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. He said he said I call it a bullpup because it got some kick to it. Why? Because it'll knock your ass down. <laughs> <laughs> it'll knock your ass down. Oh, oh my god, god. I, I was dying. I could not believe it. At first, I couldn't put two and two together. <laughs> that was him or not? He said, this can't be then real. I looked at his shirt, right? So then. When he pulls the he pulls the bolt carrier locks the bolt carrier group to the rear, and he goes, "Now if I just bump this weapon, look what happens." He bumps it, the bolt goes home, and then he goes, "If this was loaded, you would blow your head off." So basically, chambering around, putting around in the <laughs> chamber will set. Now, if he was holding a, a, a M60 machine gun. You know, two forty nine with the op- with the bolt does fire from the open position. Yes, <laughs> but yeah. not an S- not an M sixteen bolt up. So so he goes on and does this. Man, I am dying. <laughs> and I'm like, but anyways, that group. I I I, I okay. There's this one. There's this one kid on Instagram that I follow and he follows me, right? And he is in there, right? Mm-hmm. And he's in Oh, he's group. in that group? He's in that group mm. and he marched with them. He, he, you know, he's hardcore with them, right? So, I messaged him before this all happened, right? I'm like, after the first march, I'm like, dude, you, you gotta be careful, man. Because there are a lot of guys there having weapons that are not trained. You know, and if you guys want to set up a militia, hey, man, that's fine. That's your constitutional right, you know. But before you guys try to come off hard and, Scary. and you know, yeah, you should know what you're doing. Yeah. All right? I mean, case in point, am I going over time or what? Oh, no, dude, no, dude, there's, there's no time limit, bro. You do what you do. All right. So, so case in point, uh, the first March they all did to Stone Mountain, Georgia, I believe it is, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, they're all walking down the street. So they're calling out, they're calling out KKK. Mm-hmm. They're calling out, uh, 
the, the Boogaloo Boys, who were, who is not, in my opinion, a racist organization. It's just a bunch of guys who like guns who wear Hawaiian shirts, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and you were wearing a Hawaiian shirt in your Instagram video I was today. Wearing, I was wearing that. Yeah, yeah it was a cool thing. one, actually. It's really cool. You do that. I, I, yeah. I, I like that. I like that shirt, by the way. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, they're calling all these supremacists, right, and all these militias. They're just calling them out. I'm like, dude, the way you guys are walking down that street, all somebody had to do was get six people, get to the side of the road, and do a linear ambush and wipe the whole people out. And nobody would know what they had. Nobody would know what happened. Mm-hmm. Right? That's mm-hmm. just that just gets to tell you. Why would you call people out like that? You know, and you're walking. Are you guys ready to, to do fire fire and maneuver and and you know, shoot, move, and communicate? No, they would absolutely shoot each other in the back walking down the street like exactly. That. I said, I told him, I said, dude, man, you guys need to train. Get your shit together. You know, before you before you start showing your showing your asses. Yeah. Anyways, so time goes on, right? Mm-hmm. And then this week, this thing happens, right? And um, this Jam Master Grandmaster J video comes out, and I even I message him. I said, "Dude, what the hell is this?" Oh, you message Jam Master J or or the or your friend? No, that that guy. Oh, okay, okay. My fate, my Instagram friend. I don't, I've never met, but. He um, didn't deleted my message to him for some reason, and then the next morning he puts out a video, right? And I know it was kind of directed at me, mainly at me. Mm-hmm. And he goes, "For all y'all, you know, uh, trained, you know, gun guys, you know, who go overseas and and do the the man's work, you the know, talking work. about black guys, talking about black guys going, you know, going out there, you know." train other people to fight the wars and fighting the wars and doing all this stuff. And, um, you know, why don't you, what have you done back here? So for your own people, you know, why don't you train some of sort of people that need training and stuff? I knew that was directed at me because that was my my background, right? Mm -hmm. Mainly me. Right. So I didn't, I didn't respond or anything like that, man. Cause I, I'm not, I I don't, (laughs) I don't say I'm going to trust, but I have my doubts. Let's say you know, mm-hmm. so um, it was. It, I'm 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 curious to see where this is going because, if I'm not mistaken, they said they gave the people in the government in that part of Kentucky three weeks to to square away this whole Breonna Taylor thing, or they coming back to burn the damn thing down or something. Oh God! <laughs> so oh. I'm, I'm yeah, I'm glued to my television, man. Ah, oh, Jesus. Yeah. So. Wow. But you know. It's pretty. It is what it is, man. It's the times we're living at. Everybody is. We're all oppressed, and you know, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I'm, 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 yeah, like I'm. It is really just. I'm just sitting here watching, watching everything going on, and and taking. I'm just taking it one day at a time, honestly. But it's very interesting to see, you know, everybody's different perspective based on, you know, what's what. And that's the thing too is that a lot of people are just so many sides. There's so many sides and so many different. Uh, standpoints that everybody's coming from. I, I, nobody's willing to sit down and have a conversation. It's, you know, if I were, if you had, were, I, I, I pride myself in being able to have a conversation with somebody who has completely opposite viewpoints than myself. You know, and right. and a lot of a lot of a lot of now it's people who, if you say something that does not uh, slightly align with what they think or what they believe. They, you're right. stupid. They don't want to hear shit that comes out of your mouth. Oh, you're, you're fucking. You're racist. You're you're misogynist. You're a freaking you're well, pedophile. Yeah. You're all this. You know. You're everything. 
you know. Well, if you saw my Facebook page, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't really get, I don't get political on my Afro Tactics One mm-hmm. page. I don't, I don't do politics. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. By the way, yeah, Afro Tactics One. That's his Instagram. I'm putting it in the description. But yeah, keep going, yeah. bro. But um, I, I don't get political on it. I got political once, and that was. That was today, actually, when I, I built a new uh, yes. building yet. You're so, nice. But see, but that's the thing, though. Like, I, okay, so, like, I was, like, watching it right before, but I feel like just because you had, like, uh, you know, you explained why. You said, you straight up said, you said, uh, you know, it was, a, um, it, was a, it was a limited run of, uh, yeah. of lowers with, you know, with Trump's head on him. It's like, it's like you know, yeah. I don't really care about your political affiliation. You know, I just grabbed it because it was cheap and it was a limited run. It's like, bro, you have a collectible item. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. I don't, I don't get to it, but on my Facebook I do, mm-hmm. and it's actually pretty good because a lot of my special forces buddies, SEAL buddies, and on there are friends on my Facebook. But I also I have I have some hardcore liberals on there too, mm-hmm. and uh, they're still hanging in there, man. So it gets pretty heated. Um, <laughs> wow! But uh, yeah, it gets heated. It gets heated really bad, but it's still it's still good. Damn. Um, well, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna unfriend. I've got unfriended uh, by a bunch of people straight up. But see, and that is, and that's just it. What I'm talking about right there. He's like, I mean, yeah. like that. That's literally the difference between somebody who is open and somebody who is closed minded. It's just like you don't, you don't, you don't agree with what I'm saying, so I'm gonna block you or unfriend you or whatever. Versus like, okay, well, you don't agree with what I'm gonna say, but that's fine because guess what? You have every right to. You know what right, I mean? Right. And we can coexist that way. Right. I mean, you know, it's it's. It is what it is, man. I mean, this country, it's really divided. And I think, I think if, if Trump wins another four years, which I, which people are doubting, but I still think he will, mm-hmm. man, it's going to be, it's going to be nuts. Oh, well, I'm excited to see. People, people are going to lose their damn minds, man. Yeah, I oh believe it. God. I believe it. I mean, if he lost, you know, I, I wasn't a big fan of Obama. That's no secret, mm-hmm. you know. I, I say respect the office. I didn't like his policies. And most people that I know who are white guys, it's not because he's black. It's because we didn't like, you know, liberal policies. Mm-hmm. And that's it. But people want to turn that around. Oh, you're racist. You're racist. <laughs> it's like, you can't, you, you can't, you can't say anything. Like I had to, I had to scold somebody on my Facebook today because a, a, a former uh, SF guy that was in, in the first group with me, um, you know, just said something about uh, who was it? Said something about Obama didn't do such and such, right? Mm-hmm. So he comes back. He goes, you know, I noticed on all your posts, you always have something to say about POC, the new POC. I had to look that up. I didn't know it was people of color. Oh yeah, yeah, that's that. him. Yeah, we have to we have to acronym, make that an acronym now, right? Mm-hmm. People of color and women. And I said, I, I had to get on him. Say, hey man, you, how are you going to call him? You know. A racist? Uh, no. Is this your is this your um, passive aggressive way of calling him a racist and a misogynist? I said, cut the shit, mm-hmm. right? Because I know for a fact nobody on my friends are racist, yeah. right? And it's just that they're just trying to. Oh my goodness, man! Sometimes <laughs> it it, dri- it drives me insane too. It. I mean, and and and, and, and that's the thing. I, I had it. I, I, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I'm on social media quite a bit, and and some of the things that I see people put up, and and you know, just I, I saw something uh, the other day, and actually I posted it in my story. It was it was actually maybe a week or two ago, and it's this. It's like a high profile figure, I, and I don't remember her name at all. But she said she's like, if you if you support Trump, you're a racist. You have no wiggle room, 
and and I and I put it in my story and I put my caption as if you think that everybody who support or who supports Trump is a racist then you're an idiot and you have no wiggle room like that is just ridiculous but you know and I, and I tagged her in it because I hope she see it. she's America, not gonna see my little America, ass. But you know, America, such as it's institutionally or systemically racist, we voted for Obama twice. Yeah, and then and twice. The, yeah, and then and then well, they, not we, not me, but <laughs> there's a whole lot of white people. <laughs> but yeah, they voted for Obama twice. Yeah, look look how many mayors, look how many police chiefs. You know, you go down the you go down the list. Yep. You know. And with thirteen percent, thirteen percent of the population. Yep, and that goes, and that goes all the way into uh, gun control and uh, prison reform as well. Right. You know. Yeah. And and but you know, I mean, and, and, and real quick, also before we dip out, you know, uh, just just give give these guys like a like a you know, because your Instagram page is like I said from the beginning, it's a lot of fun. I I love look. I I'll scroll through. It's like one of those. Instagram pages that has really good replay value. If, if it's if it's so much fun, why do I only have twenty five hundred followers? Should I show some tits? Bro, yeah, show some show some tits or some ass, bro. I, I I'll tell you what, man. I've I've taken my shirt off before. It doesn't really do much, man. I'm telling you, if if you, if you listen, you got to put your ass on the sink. You know what I'm talking about? Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I woke up this morning and I wanted to seize the day, but put your ass on the sink and shit and like have like a butt cheek hanging out or something. You know what I'm talking about? That's what you need to do. That's what works for those girls, dude. Yeah, I'm looking at 2,500, and I've I've got 570 posts. Yeah, but and, and it's really good stuff. That's what I'm saying. It's really good stuff. But but then you have but then you have guys that are posting ridiculous. And, and, and mind you, like I said, that's the other thing too that blows my mind. It's like like I said, really good stuff. You know, backed with experience and actual knowledge. And then you have guys that literally like take pictures of themselves like licking guns or fucking taking pictures with with guns like like they're like they're females and they get like yeah. freaking like ten thousand likes. I don't get it. You know what I mean? But it's it's what it's, it's what people like. I at this point like so I have like I have like the I have the Instagram page you know my personal one and then I have the one for for you know for this podcast. Neither one of them I I like my 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 the, the podcast or the Instagram podcast or the Instagram page. You know, I, I'm a, I'm one a little bit more, but like, you know, I, I honestly at this point I don't even care anymore. It's just it's it's just something that I just don't even really track or care about. You know, for the people that like it, I appreciate every single person that likes it or, or shares or follows it. You know, and interacts with it. And for the people that don't, hey man, I don't even care. Sometimes I just I just realize it's like some people are not gonna see your shit, and then like unless you're in like that freaking uh, that like. Um, that little that little group of people that has like you know 10k plus or whatever and then like they keep they they all they do is they follow and and share each other's shit so of course they're gonna just keep growing because they're a small group of people that have a shit ton of followers they're not gonna freaking you know share anybody that has like freaking you know a certain amount it's 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 an, it's an elitist thing you know and and that's because you know how like you know your thing kind of falls into like that the instagram gun community thing and that is a big thing because i was talking to i talked to another guy who from the instagram gun community uh daniel uh from the daniel accord who like his his instagram is based around helping uh new shooters get into shooting and stuff like that and you know stuff like that and he has he has another great instagram page you know and and uh and and but but you know he's he's around like he's around like eight thousand. like but I, i've been following him for years you know years and there's people that you know like in years they'll have like you know in the 40s and the 50s but he's still like not even at 10 and he posts great stuff and we were talking about how like you know the community is just like you have those guys that have like 30 40 50,000 followers and then they just repeat share each other's shit 
you know, and they don't freaking go and, you know, share the guys that freaking, you know. Yeah, anyways, man, so I just, I just do it, you know, for fun. I'm not trying to get any sponsors or any kind of stuff like that. It's just what I'm just putting out some information, maybe some advice, yeah. you know. I mean, a lot of guys actually, you know, message me on the side and, and ask me questions about the military or stuff like that, too, so. Yeah, and, 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 and you know, I like I said, like, I've been following your page, and I, I think it's awesome. It's really fun to, to watch. Like I said, it has great replay value. Like, I'll, I'll just scroll all the way down to, like, posts that you made a long time ago and just watch the videos or, you know. And it's just really interesting, you know. I a lot of a lot of good stuff, and you cover everything in that in that space in, in the tactical realm. So, you know, firearms, you know, building firearms, you know, gear, shoes, training, everything. And it's it's really really nice to to, to look at because it, it's variety. So it's not like just boring the same old boring picture of a gun over and over again, like in your hand or whatever. You know that a lot of people freaking do. But um, yeah, yeah, man. So you know. Dude, I mean, this is, you know, this was a fantastic conversation. I can't even, this wasn't even an interview, really. It's a conversation, and and yeah. I and I loved every minute of it. It was fantastic. Um, I appreciate it, man. Dude, thank you so much for coming on to Average Minds. And, you know, just one more, just one last thing, man. If you could, one last question. If you, yeah. everything that you've been through, you know, if you could do it all over again, would you do it? Or would you change something? Absolutely. I wouldn't, I wouldn't change, uh, career wise, uh, career. If I could, if I would change something, I would have went special forces right at the beginning instead of doing the four years in Marine Corps, you know, and, and to let you know the truth, the Marine, the special forces is packed full of former Marines. Really? Yeah. They probably were like, yeah, this is a better place. There was three of us on one team at one time. Wow. Wow. But, uh, yeah, that's what I would have done that. Yeah. I'm not coming down on my Marine Corps experience, mm-hmm. but I would have, yeah, I would have done that first. That's awesome, man. Well, mm-hmm. dude, thank you so much. Um, real quick before we go, um, how about you give us your your Instagram handle, your mm-hmm. your uh, your YouTube channel? Because I, you know, if for the for those that are for that those that are interested, uh, there's a tw- he has a 20 minute video on his on his uh, YouTube channel. It's very interesting. It's you know uh, why he is a, a, a black conservative, and it's a very very good video. Um, so you can check that out and then so yeah so give us your Instagram your YouTube and if you want you can do the Facebook you know if you want to do that but I but it, I know Instagram and your YouTube I'll do, I'll do my Instagram and you, the YouTube I, I really I just did that one video I'm not really to have a bunch of stuff on there mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thinking about doing it but it's uh, Donnan D-O-N-N-O-N okay. Bain B-A-I-N and my Instagram is Afrotactics A-F-R-O T-A-C-T-I C-S-1. Afro Tactics 1. Clever name, too, by the way, because, you know, you got a nice Afro. Well, you know, I wanted, I wanted just Afro Tactics, but some clown took <laughs> Afro Tactics, and he doesn't post anything on it. It's not even tactical. <laughs> I think he just spelled static or something. Oh, man. <laughs> but I, I think Afro Tactics 1 is good, because you were in first group, you said. So Afro Tactics 1 works perfectly, because you were in first group. Yeah. So it works yeah. out. You know? <laughs> yeah. Okay, bro. All right, man. Well, th- once again, thank you so much. Thank you okay, for your service. Thank you. Thank you for, the, for talking to us, and take care, bro. All right. Thanks, buddy. Take care. All right.